0: Hello, and welcome to The Witch Source. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today. I am super excited to get to interview um, an idol of mine. Uh, I have with me today Ariel Gatoga of Ariel's Corner, Um, and I am a huge fan, and I have been for a while. Um, He is just simply amazing, and I love the work that he does. Uh, So welcome, Ariel. Thanks for joining.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Okay, so I'm just going to jump right on in. Um, when did you fall in love with magic?
1: Oh, my. What a question. I love that question. Um, hmm. Well, I, I don't really remember not being involved yeah. with magic. And this sounds like so silly, but when I was in kindergarten, the <laughs> – the kids were always like going to the teacher and saying, I don't know how to play with him. All he wants to do is go play with the fairies. And we don't really know what that means. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. I love that. I absolutely love that.
1: <laughs> and we all, yeah, that was like my my thing when I was little is they all wanted to play house. They wanted to play, you know, whatever adult you know like play grown up play office all that i wanted to play witch we were going to be we're going to cast spells and we're going to play witch so i really can't i can't say that there's ever been a time i haven't been absolutely enthralled with magic even back to my earliest earliest memories
0: that is Awesome. I love the answer. Um I hope that um, my three year old gets to say the same thing because I'm constantly <laughs> exposing her, especially to fairies. I love oh, that.
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh okay. So can you remember what your earliest exposure to magic to, was? To like, actual to
1: mean? actual craft, you mean to actual witchcraft? Um well, ye-
0: well both. Like so you had the always had a love of it. Was there something that I you know, always know that at n- all?
1: it's I was just, it's funny you asked me that because I was just thinking about this the other day. There were always little things that I would do and it would freak people out. And I couldn't do it again sometimes because then I'd be self-conscious. But I, right. I could just like, I i remember the one that the the thought that came to me earlier today is when I was mm, maybe in fourth grade. Somebody's uh, the, the um, carpool driver. Her car wasn't working, and so I did this little gesture that I that I, I don't remember where I learned it, and I I made the car start. And she said, "How did you do that?" And I got so scared, you know. So <laughs> so I kind of withdrew. There were all kinds of little things like that. I remember that in sixth grade, I I put up my hand because I was expecting a bird to to come land on my hand. I just knew I could call forth a bird. Well, it wasn't a bird. It was this little moth. It was a little moth and it stayed in my hand all through school that whole day. It wouldn't leave. And it at first it was really sweet and cute. And then the teacher started getting kind of freaked. Like, what is this? you know? And finally the moth went away. Little things like that. I was always doing some little thing, but then I would get self-conscious and I couldn't repeat it. You know, I could get, I, I thought, oh, is that how you do that? And then I try it again and it wouldn't work. So it wasn't until probably mm, I guess I was maybe 12, 13, something like that. I started reading books, reading some books. And back then, because I'm I'm almost 60. So back then. Oh, I mean, there was Diary of a Witch by Sybil Sib- Leek. There was Master was Mastering Witchcraft out yet. I think it was, but I don't think I got into that one until I was about 16. Um, there were little, there were books like that. I would go to the library and, and look under all the occult literature and try to read as much as I could, but there really wasn't that much. Um, Gardner had his books out and that didn't actually make a lot of sense to me. I remember when I was little, I thought that was kind of all a little bit silly, but yeah, right. um, but I liked the I liked Sybil. I liked her because I really felt some authenticity from her, at least in, in my young little mind. Uh, and then when I was probably, I think I was probably about fifteen, I started reading tarot cards. And then sixteen, I actually learned. Uh, I actually uh, signed up for a class, and I took classes with a with a teacher. And I was oh, with her cool. for several years. Yeah.
0: Wow. So was was it hard to find? A class back
1: then. It it was except for this. I just stumbled upon this this lady that was teaching. I mean, just stu- I. How did I? It was oh, you know, it was at uh the uh Eye of the Cat in Long Beach. I stumbled across the Eye of the Cat in Long Beach. It was an occult store, and the owner back then, um, was teaching, and okay. I just started studying with her. And I was with her for several years and I learned a lot, you know, and then, you know, kind of grew out of it and went on to other teachers. And I I have, I've studied with a lot of teachers and, you know, a lot of people say, wow, all your stuff that you do. I say, well, none of it's, <laughs> none of it's really all that, that unique. It's all stuff I learned from other people that I've sort of, it's filtered through my way of understanding it, my way of doing it. But, but I definitely yeah. credit everything to everybody. I, I study everybody I studied with, it's not like I. I came up with most of that myself.
0: I mean, I think that's so rare nowadays to be able to just find a teacher like that, um, especially one that would be able to take on students in that way. I think.
1: Hmm. So that's really I don't cool. know, yeah, it's probably true. I don't know because I'm sort of out of touch with um, with that because everything sort of moved out of the local and into the online. Right. It seems like everything is online now. But it seems like you can just like Google witch course and like a billion different little things come up and they, they'll be happy to <laughs> take your money and teach you how to be a witch. <laughs>
0: well, and exactly, and it's hard like to sift through and to know what's legit, what's real, what's totally fantasy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you know, we always say, or I always say, and, and we, you know, the people in my kind of orbit is, is that it's real if it works, you know, if yeah. you actually can get results and you can, and you're not just fooling yourself. If you can say, yeah, these are verifiable, repeatable results. I actually cast the spell and this is my result. Then it worked. And then if you can do it again and you get another success, then you're, then you're, you found something authentic. If not, what The problem that I see that happens with a lot of people is that they think that there's something wrong if it doesn't work. And so then they sort of rationalize themselves into say, oh, that worked, but in a different way. And my perspective is you learn just as much when it didn't work. So if mm-hmm. it didn't work, yay, it didn't work. So you're, you can either fix that or stop doing that or, or find a way to, 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 to fill in the gaps or something so that you can find a spell that, that does get you the results that you want. There's, there's all kinds of ways to troubleshoot that. Um, but like you said, if you don't have anybody that's kind of been around the block for a while that has seen a bunch of that stuff, they don't necessarily know how to help you.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. So, okay. So you just always had a love for magic and then got into the books and found a teacher. Um, was there, I'm still curious though, cause I feel like we're, there's like a, a missing gap. So like way, way, way back, like when you were a child, was there some kind of exposure to, oh, to- or fairies or something that really like started that love?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't have like a grandma that was a witch or any of that that you hear about. I definitely didn't have that. Um, in fact, my, my grandma was sort of rolled her eyes about stuff like that. <laughs> so did my dad, my mom. Um, I think if there was any actual witch blood, it would be on my mom's side of the family because, um, she, we have the, in our, genealogy she's really into genealogy and which helped me when i was working with ancestors um she found that our ancestor was the last person to be executed in england for heresy
0: oh wow but he
1: wasn't a witch he was an anti-baptist so he didn't believe that people should be baptized at birth he thought that that was uh, a type of child abuse and they didn't like that. So they killed him. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. But as far as craft stuff, as far as witchy stuff, it was all pretty much just from within me. I was, I, I never, there was, there was very little time in my life that I, I wasn't always sort of searching for that, that I just kind of had this compelling desire for what I now know to be the craft. I didn't know what it really was. I knew it was, witchcraft. I knew that that's probably what it was called or magic or something like that, but I didn't understand what I was looking for, but I knew it when I saw it.
0: Nice. I got it. So you really had to trust yourself and your gut and your intuition and just let it be the guide.
1: It was one of those, uh, Like it was almost obsessive when I was little. I knew there had to be something. I knew there had to be. And I remember I had, I had a lot of... um kind of intuitive understandings of things that later i thought wow i kind of got that when i was so little i understood that i I'm, you know cuz a lot of times you look back on the things that you thought about when you were a kid and you're thinking and you think oh poor little thing <laughs> you, <laughs> you really thought this but but like i remember thinking to myself cuz well here i said that on my dad's side of the family we didn't have magic actually my dad was my first magic teacher in a way because he taught me how to sit and relax myself and visualize what I wanted. He, ta- he actually taught me yeah. lessons about that. And I remember putting that together with more of my, because I was raised a Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking, and my dad was not, he, he my dad was sort of like not part of the Catholic church. He, he separated himself. He was sort of atheistic so but my it's a long story my my stepmother my stepmother was catholic so she she insisted that i get baptized so i got baptized and i became catholic for at least for my younger childhood but i remember thinking to myself well if there is a god then it must mean that if i'm able to do the stuff that dad's teaching me that that's how god works that he must do the same thing you know he must. To create in the same way. And I remember looking back on that when I was you know, much older thinking, whoa, I kind of hit that one right on the head. Yeah, <laughs> Somebody was, yeah. Some sort of mental teacher was teaching me at that moment.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, I just think that's wonderful that you just always had this sense and this knowing and, and this um, something inside of you that just had to seek it out and find it.
1: Yeah, it drove everybody else crazy though, because because I just seemed like one of those children that's like, what? Where did we go wrong? <laughs> I do
0: understand that. Um, <laughs> I do understand that. That's funny, but 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 true. I get it. All right. So you got with this teacher when you were a teenager. Um, so. Where did it go from there? So, you got you started going with uh, you know, learning the craft with the teachers, yes. And at what point were you like, I want to transition into being the teacher?
1: Well, actually, that was their requirement that was part of our training after a while is that you had to be a teacher and now I look back and I'm like well how nice for you that we were able to sell all your stuff at your shop by teaching this stuff but at the time I thought wow this is great part of my training you know it was probably a little bit of both actually
0: right right. but
1: um so I was I went through their whole initiatory system and they claimed to be teaching something called the Druidic craft of the wise, also known as the DCW. That's what they claimed. And we we fell out after about, I would say, a good six years. Uh, that group and I, I just said, it, it just was one of those things. It was time. It was just time. It was no, right. uh, no fault, no blame, none of that. Just ran it, it, was, it was just done. And But I had been teaching. I, I lived about a uh, county away from from there. So it was a bit of a a commute anyway to go over there. And so I had already started teaching in my own community. So I'd had, I had already had some people that I was teaching and I was in this little, it was sort of like a bookstore. I I, I came across it. It wasn't really an occult shop but it had some occult books sort of maybe a head shop but not quite a head shop it had a couple of you know it was a weird little cool little shop and i was right. looking through their stuff and one of our one of the books from the druid at Craft of the wise was on his bookshelf and i said to my knowledge all that stuff had been unpublished i said where did you get this and he said i published it and i said how how did you even know about this and he said well i studied with him the guy that wrote this book was went by the name of Eli and Eli was the head of this whole Druidic craft of the wise, which I thought the whole thing was BS because I thought they were, you know, just, I I just didn't believe them anymore. I'd kind of caught them in some dishonest things. And I'm like, okay, I just, I thought the whole thing was, I don't know. I didn't know. So I told him what I had gone through and he goes, Oh, that sounds weird. and And so he, <laughs> he, introduced me to Eli had passed away already. he passed away like the year that I had started studying with those people uh, actually and mm-hmm. but his widow was still alive at the time. so and she was way over she was back in Arkansas and I'm in California. So oh, wow. I started some correspondence with her. I started talking to her and um, I started studying with her. And then I actually I, I flew back there a couple times, got my ordination and my and so we started a whole druidic craft of the wise uh, community locally. And then the way that that particular tradition works is, um, it's like my job to sort of put myself out of business. You don't just stay the witch king or the witch queen. You 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 teach everybody how to do it, and then they go do it, and then they teach people, and then they go do it. And so it's sort of, you know, so I kind of retired and graduated out of that. And when I was sort of, I, I had been, uh, I had been teaching um, publicly for so long in, in the in you know in the local area, right. but I'd stopped doing that too, and I'd sort of just you know, I'd done my time. I've been very active for like twenty years. By the time that that my student, and he had a podcast, and he and he said why don't you start a podcast? And I said, because what would I talk about? I don't (laughs) who would care. And he said, well, you could do your witch's primer. You could do that whole class right on a podcast. And I thought that's a good idea. And he goes, and then you've got all these tapes that you've been making of lectures for the last 15, 20 years or whatever. Why don't you put those up on the, as a podcast? And I thought, well, I don't think anybody'd be that interested, but it would be a, a nice resource for our local community. Make it easier because they can just go on iTunes for it. So yeah, let's do that. So I did. I took I took the next you know several months, and I I, I recorded the entire, which is primer, which is eighteen weeks, you know. And then while I was doing that, I, I would I would digitize these silly little cassette tapes that you know you can if you listen to those old lectures even the my voice is so high not necessarily because i was so much younger but because this the tape had sped up you know and right, so right <laughs> i um i put all those up and and i thought it was interesting and and i didn't know anything about any of that back then i didn't know how to like check to see what my audience was or any of that so i i just put it up and i went about my business and um unbeknownst to me, the witches primer got really popular and I didn't know. And somebody said, you know, you're number one. And I said, number one. And they're so like, yeah, you're the number one podcast. I said, oh, you mean like pagan podcasts? And they're like, no, you're like beating out the Christian podcasts. You're like number one in all of spirituality. And all of a sudden I panicked. I'm like, I don't want to be number one. I don't want to be number one. I don't want to be, I don't want to be that exposed. That doesn't sound like fun. So I kind of, that that was really hard for me, you know, but then I just kept, I put, I kept putting out some more lectures and I sort of kept it going, but mm-hmm. I, I was getting a bunch of uh, just backlash from Christians and um you know, it just it was hard. It was hard back then. And um my my computer got hacked, my website got hacked. I mean, there's a lot of that. And I just sort of I went into a kind of a meditative state and I said, should I like just pull back? And the the universe basically said, Yes, <laughs> you should pull back. So I did. I just took everything down. I, I gave everybody, you know, fair warning. I'm like, I'm gonna just pull back for a while. I'll be back later. And I just took everything down. And I would say about a year after that, I went into a full-fledged midlife crisis where I was just the last person that should be online talking about spiritual stuff. You know what I mean? And right. I thought, how perfect was this that I got all that stuff down? I mean, after, my, after I went through it all, you know, right. I, right. you know, after I went through it, all, I kind of came back out the other side and I, I, I started getting this sense, I guess we have to put stuff back up again, right? You know, I, I always try to follow direction from my own spiritual intuition. Yeah. So um, I did. And I thought, isn't that wonderful how I wasn't out there while I was going through what I was going through? Cause who knows what I would have done? Who knows how bad it would have been. And so somebody was looking out for me. And so then I was back in my right mind and I was able to start again. So hopefully, hopefully I I stay sane for the rest of the, for the rest of the time that I'm online again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I understand. Like, I remember just trying to, you know, soak up as much as I could and, and, listen to as much as I could. So I know I definitely was probably contributing to, uh, that number one spot because I didn't even listen to podcasts. Um, and somehow I stumbled across yours and it was like the only thing I listened to. Um, and then I found one other one that I, I started listening to and those two were it for me. um, but I can tell you, I was so devastated when everything finally came down and oh. I couldn't find the podcast anymore. And oh, I today still have it saved on my phone, like waiting to see, like, oh, is it going to come back up? Is it going to come back up? Um so yeah, it's still subscribed on there. Um, and I still have like the pictures and everything that you had. Of I'm
1: not of sure podcast. about about podcasting. I mean, I may put stuff up as a podcast again, but I got, when I came back, I don't, I don't know why I went on YouTube. I think it was just because it was one of those platforms I'd never really used and I had the account. And so I thought, well, let's try it, you know, because I right. had, where I had left off, we were just starting to get into the psalm magic, which is a part of, uh, the, the, the more traditional witchcraft traditions that a lot of people don't know about, you know? And so I, um, I, that's what I started with because the Psalms are what got me through the, the, the hard time that I was going through when I was, you know, offline. So I thought, well, let's just pick up where we left off and we'll start with some Psalms and then maybe we'll put the witch's primer back up. And then I got all the classes back up and everything, everything went back up eventually.
0: Yeah, it was it was a huge help for me and I know that like I had downloaded as much as I could when you did give that warning of I'm pulling <laughs> stuff down so get your stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when I went through some hard times and I'm like I just need some magical inspiration sure. um, you know I would go dig it out and and listen to it again and I would always just go back and check the podcast to see if it was ever
1: going to. That's so back sweet, up. and I feel so bad because <laughs> you don't know how many people ha- have said that to me, and I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. I wasn't trying to. You know." <laughs> I felt no, so I bad. Mean, I really felt so bad because people really felt like kind of abandoned, you know, and that wasn't the point. <laughs> that was not the point at all. The point was I I needed to feel safe, and then actually there was there was something coming that I didn't realize so I really kind of needed my space for that I went through a that whole what I call a midlife crisis I I kind of just got suckered into some stuff you know with with um this before I knew about narcissism and all that kind of stuff I got I got pulled into a, an orbit with somebody that had I been I think out there this person might have found a way to use that so I think in a way it was a way to protect me. So I don't know. I, I Maybe that's me rationalizing. I don't know. But it just seems like it was really perfect that it happened.
0: Oh, I definitely think, I mean, especially since you got the the call to and, you know, the message to pull that down right before, you know, and get everything done and kind of backed off and under the radar again, right before all that happened. I'm sure everything happened exactly the way it's supposed to because, you know, what you're talking about, whatever you got sucked into, it's like maybe not only would it have been bad for you, but it might have been damaging to the people that follow you as well. That's
1: what I was more worried about. when i got when I got back, I thought, you know, I, I could have actually been not what I want, and that's to be a source of help. I could have been a source of harm. and and mm-hmm. I think that this was a, a a wonderful way for me to just protect everybody from that. So it it, it uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't really regret taking it down, but I do regret that that people were you know got their feelings hurt.
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I got my feelings hurt, but I do. I would say I totally missed you, and oh. I was thrilled when I got the email. <laughs> And I guess you kept your email list because I got an email that you were coming back and I was like, no way. And I was so excited. I knew
1: I was coming back. I knew that that was not going to be a forever thing. Um, So yeah. So I did keep the email list. I knew that that was going to, that that was going to be okay.
0: Well, I am so glad that you did. And I think the work that you have done and put out there for people has been just incredible. And you know, going back to like we were talking about that there's so much online. I yeah. feel like your work has always been um, a source of um, inspiration and also uh, being positive and uh, mm-hmm. solution oriented, which yes. is a lot of what you don't find anymore. I feel like um, and I know that I don't think I would be doing a lot of what I do now um had I not had that influence of your work in my life, so oh, that's
1: that's really nice to hear. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and and it I started with the Witch's Primer as well, um, and I still recommend it today because uh, it 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 is it's it's just like you say it's timeless. So,
1: thank you so much.
0: Where did your slogan come from? Which one? Uh, the timeless magic for today.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I just came up with it one day. I didn't even, I think I was just, it said, you need a tagline. And I thought, okay. And I just wrote something and I like thought, oh, that works.
0: (laughs) Well, I I think it's great because I, it, it definitely is timeless. And you touch on so many different um Aspects. So a lot of the different um, areas that you talk about and teach on on your YouTube channel, were they all a part of the DCW or are they things that you picked up from the different teachers along the way?
1: Hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, I think all of the teachers along the way, not everything comes from from the DCW, although Eli did teach a lot about wisdom in general. It wasn't just magical techniques and things like that it was general wisdom so you know i do credit a lot from what i got from from my craft studies within that tradition but no i i like the angel magic and the and the psalm magic none of that came from dcw i i I got those from other teachers yeah and um uh a lot of a lot of just the real practical magic I, I learned from my first teacher like the candles and things like that I, I learned from the from my first teacher all the the basic witchcraft from a witch's primer i learned from my first teacher yeah
0: okay, okay Yeah. Cool. was she so that's uh, stuff that
1: i that's stuff that i that, that i learned you know so I, it's, it's like how i trained so i that's i'm just giving you what i learned
0: was that a part of any kind of tradition
1: well not the not the witch's primer. I kind of fleshed that out and sort of made it my own because I mean if you looked at their what they what they their intro class and mine, you might think, really this came from that so you know you'd ha- you have to you'd have to see my you know my my whole journey and process to to understand, oh yeah, that did come from that but um but witches witch's primer ended up kind of just reflecting my perspective, my point of view, which I mean, what else are you going to teach, right? Except for what you know. And I think the, um, the tradition, they were kind of making their own tradition, but a lot of what they Called what they did was DCW, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't. They they kind of, and I understand. In retrospect, now at the time, I thought, "Oh, you liars!" And you you just all you you just lied to me. How could you're misrepresenting yourself? And it really wasn't that. It really wasn't. I really I, I wasn't there when I when I thought that. They just were using it in a way that made sense to them, and they you know a lot of people get really upset when you sort of change a tradition, but there's no way around it. I mean, we live in a different time. We live in a different world. We live in a different culture than we lived in when a lot of these yeah. things were started. So you have to, you have to let it change. You have to let it grow and let it be the way it is. And I'm, I'm a lot more uh, tolerant of that than I used to be. I, I used to be not so nice. Well, I've always been nice, but yeah. I, 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 I used to be a lot more um, rigid about, about certain things in the craft than I am now.
0: What are some of your favorite aspects of the craft?
1: Hmm. Well, I really like, um, I used to, my, my thing that I used to love more than anything was ritual. I just would love ritual. And I, I would, I would love the sabbats and back in our local community, those, there's probably not a lot of people around that remember this, but back in the day, back in the probably the nineties, we, we would do these huge sabbats, you know, and we would invite people from everywhere and it would be like, you know, a couple hundred people. We'd, we'd um, rent, a, rent out a big giant campground up in the Angeles Crest National Forest that was completely private. And oh, wow. we would, um, I wrote a bunch of music and we would, we would have rehearsals you know, to, to, to make sure that the music sounded good and we'd have dancing and a fire ceremony. And so that used to be what I loved more than anything was that kind of thing. And after I got a little older, it just became very, very tiresome to keep that up. And so I moved off of a lot of that and, and got more solitary in my practice and got more involved in the, the more, um, I don't know in, internal processes of the mind rather than so much ritual. I still like ritual a lot, but um, I think I've as I've gotten older, I've I've really gotten more interested in um, simplifying and streamlining things in a way that still ma- keeps them effective. You don't want to water it down so much that it's not effective, but to take a lot of that excess ritual out of there that might be overly cumbersome and so that's sort of what's been most interesting to me is how to streamline things to keep them keep it potent without overdoing it
0: right right what is your favorite thing to teach as far as the craft goes mm.
1: um well see i'm in a place right now where i'm very lucky that i can just do a class present the class. And then we have a forum. We have a, you know, we have a Facebook group talk amongst yourselves. If, if You know, I'll, I'll answer questions if I can. It's not the same kind of teaching as when I was a teacher teacher where I'd have to be there and help one, a lot of one-on-one and help tutor people. I just don't, I don't do that anymore. So I'm, I feel very fortunate that I could just, sort of teach what I like at the moment. I I like, like right now we're doing the, we're going through the Arbitel of magic, which there would have been no interest in that locally, really. Maybe we'd have a couple people, but when it's online, there's enough people that might be interested in that, that makes it worth my while. So I can, I can, I can put that out there. I did uh, that fairy magic course. That was a lot of fun to do that. And um, I I love, I still love doing the, the Psalm, magic because that there's so much wisdom in the Psalms and it cracks me up when people say, Oh, I don't like Psalms because they're so Christian and I always laugh and I think, well, you do know that they are thousands of years predating Christianity, right? <laughs> <laughs> very, very much older than Christianity. So just FYI, if you're going to hate them for something, hate them for something else because they're not Christian in origin. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's funny you say that. Um, Cause I was, uh, talking to somebody um you know a a long time ago um but it, it has been since you started the uh the song magic and she that's exactly what she said was that she uh she didn't like the song magic because it was just too christian and i was like did you did you miss the intro about the Psalms, because I think you should go back and listen to
1: that. <laughs> and you know, and it's and I am not a proselytizer. I mean, if you don't like Psalms, you can even still study with me and never ever look at a Psalm because I do so much other stuff. That and and we only mention the Psalms in the Psalm class, so it's not like that's all you're going to get. Right. But uh, but it's interesting because the Psalm in in um, YouTube. The playlists now, uh, my playlists are called podcasts because they're, they're actually going to be moving into podcasting more and more, I guess, on YouTube. Well, the the podcast for the Psalm Magic has more listeners than the podcast for a Witch's Primer. And who would have thought?
0: Wow. Who would have thought?
1: Yeah. So there's so many people that come just for the Psalms that aren't really interested in the witchcraft. You know, and then there's there's witches that are kind of interested in the Psalms because it was something that they'd never done. And I thought, isn't that a nice little unifier that I never knew existed, where there's something that that several different kind of people can can come together on. So I kind of like that. Uh, The angel magic is something that I love. And it was another thing that, um, you know, some witches shied shied away from because it's too much high magic. It's too, you know, it's too ceremonial. But it's not really. Not if you look at not not if you really look at it. And you know who who was really into angel magic speaking of her is Sybil Leek. That was her big thing. And she she didn't really publicize it too much, but that was her one of her main her main practices was this this angel magic, like what we teach. Oh wow. Yeah. And so, and same with um I I now, I'm not that familiar with uh, Alex Sanders but from my, what I understand is he studied uh, angel magic and he he liked it quite a bit as well so
0: so if you were to say you were um well I guess so so technically you weren't under any type of a tradition per se other than um through the DCW
1: well the, or, uh, uh, or my tradition my some kind of I was w- I was with that that teacher for a while who I thought was DCW and okay. was sort of like her own version of DCW but then when I found the DCW for real I I totally ordained into that and I I I sort of that was a tradition that was kind of dying out it was sort of dying out you know and I we had four DCW groups locally and they were thriving. And I, so we sort of kept that alive. And what happened was with my lectures, and because when I first started doing those taped lectures, they were all to DCW people. And so they were sort of DCW lectures, even though I didn't kind of, I, I, I didn't, uh, you know, break any oaths or anything like that, but we kind of talked about the basic wisdom that we knew and, so when I did the first podcast, they were called Ariel Gatoga's DCW or Druid at Craft of the Wise Lectures. And so when I came back, somebody said, how come you don't talk about the DCW so much anymore? Did you leave? And it's not that I left. It's just that I rethought things. Because what happened was when I put it out there as the DCW Lectures, a couple of different things one thing is people thought i was the head of the dcw and i'm not the dcw is much much bigger than i am i'm just one little you know it was dying out when i but now it's not now it's big again so it's yeah. like i'm just one little flake in the in the in the in the snowstorm of dcw <laughs> uh, so i didn't think that it was appropriate for me to to even give the impression of that because I d- i didn't want that because it's not accurate and the other uh, thing is the dcw is impossible to study unless you're local it's impossible you need to be it's got it's an initiatory path you need to be in person they don't do any other kind of you know initiations and so i i was always getting people that wanted to study DCW And I'm, well, unless you move out here, there's no way to do that. And I'm not going to be your teacher because I don't teach anymore. So, but I can introduce (laughs) you to somebody, you know? So it it just became, it just became sort of a, uh, I thought a problem. So when I came back, I'm like, let's take the DCW out of there and we'll just leave that out of the equation. They don't need to know about that because why give somebody something that they can't have, you know, offer something that they can't have.
0: It it does make sense. It does make sense because I do remember the DCW days, and I had noticed the um, that that was being left out. But it does make total sense now, especially, um, you but know, that's still my said, tra-
1: it's still my tradition to answer your question. That's still my tradition. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. But it does make sense that it's an an initiatory, and it, it, it is the person to person.
1: Yes. And I'm not the DCW. That's the other, that was the other thing that I'm like, Hey, okay, I've got this weird image of myself out there. That's incorrect. And so when I, when I came back, I'm like, let's just fix that. <laughs> let's just fix that. Take the opportunity.
0: Awesome. So where do you see yourself going now with the craft?
1: Um. Well, it's so much work it really is it was somebody somebody talked to me on the discord server the other day about how um, they've been through so many groups and they always felt like you know there was a problem with it and they were so glad to find me because I, I, I they didn't feel like they were in a cult or something like that and and i i said something sort of sarcastically but it was sort of not i said well you know some people are in it for power and some people are in it for money and in for me it's always been sort of a nuisance so (laughs) so i think that keeps me honest and i was only sort of kidding but in a way it's true the craft has always been a sort of nuisance to me because i was i was so compelled to teach and i'm i'm so private and how do you how do you square that circle? You know what I mean? So it's always been sort of this push pull of like, I've got to do what I'm here to do. I feel called to do, you know, to teach, but uh, it'd be so nice not to be so nice. to Just hang out and be a witch, you know? Right. So, but, yeah, I, I don't really think that so so much, but it, it it was a it was kind of a funny little sarcastic comment. But there was a grain of truth to that, I think, a tiny grain of truth. But I love it. I love I love what we're doing. I love all the people. I am so blessed because, you know, you see on a lot of like uh, YouTube channels and any any social media, there's a lot of real trolley kind of mean mean-spirited stuff out there. And I'm so fortunate because I have such bare minimum of that nonsense. Everybody is so kind and so sweet. And how can you not love doing what you're doing when people are so kind, right? So uh, that's I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I think that um, my goal is to just eventually put out everything I know. And once I've done that, I can stop. And I haven't started, I have, I've got, I've got reams of information. I haven't even started putting out okay. there. So there's, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think I'm going to get through it all, but uh, I've, I've, I've amassed a lot of, of, a lot of knowledge over my life. And um, I try to put it to good use, but I think sometimes the best use you can put it to is to, to put it out there for people that might find it useful. Because if I if I put something in, like even a witch's primer or the angel course or the or the intermediate witchcraft course or the advanced witchcraft course that I've got, somebody may not get it, but they will get it from this other thing that I know how to do. So if I if I keep putting stuff out there, maybe it'll help somebody. You know, that's my my goal is to be helpful.
0: I I definitely think it's been extremely helpful, and um, especially for people, you know, like. Uh, during the whole COVID time of not being able to interact, not being able to go out and find, mm. and, you know, having to be in this kind of lockdown situation. Yes. And people are searching for answers. They're, they're looking for something more. Sure. Um, and I think it's great that you're one of the people that people can go to um, that are seeking and be able to find what they're looking for, Um, especially with the wide variety of of things that you've taught so far?
1: Well, I find that I, I'm an Aries. So I have a, I have an impatience about me sometimes, which I've gotten a lot better because I I do work on myself. I'm not, I do try to walk the walk. I'm not just, you know, like do this, but I'm not going to, I try to walk the walk, but I still notice that I get really impatient with a lot of um, the garbage that I see out there. And I think that's kind of what motivates me more than anything. It's just like, I don't want to be judgmental because I mean, if it gives you comfort and if you love it and, and that then do it, but uh, it's not, it's, it's, it, if it, I think a lot of people have never gotten a grounding in just basic magical theory. And if they did, they could make their own choices better instead of saying, well, I read this and I heard that. Oh, it's exhausting because I don't want to... You know, discount your experience. Okay, that's great. If that works for you, I love that for you. Then keep doing that. But but I think it's not that. I think a lot of times people just keep spinning their wheels because they read this and they read that and they read this and then they read that. And they keep trying stuff and hoping that something works. And they don't have a a basic magical infrastructure. Or understanding of the, of some real basic principles that if they did, they wouldn't have to go out there and try this and try that. They could try their, they could do their own thing, you know. And so that's kind of where I'm. I think what's what motivates me is to not necessarily combat all of the misinformation because there's no way to do that, but right. at least dilute it with something that I perceive to be more accurate. I'm not saying that it is, but if I perceive it to be more accurate.
0: I mean, I think it's very uh, comprehensible. And like you're talking about, it does give that foundation um, to help people build up their magical confidence um, Mm -hmm. and to be able to trust themselves and, and listen to themselves and to, like you're saying, have that foundation to be able to say, and that doesn't sound right. Or okay, yeah, that makes sense. That fits into sure this, you know, foundation for me and and I can build on that. And I think especially with you know the witch talk blowing up and mm-hmm. um you know, so many people just putting out so nonsense. Much
1: absolute nonsense. Just absolute yeah. garbage. Some of it's okay, some of it's okay, but some of it I'm thinking, oh now here's the next spate of superstitions that i'm gonna have to help undo when people come and start asking me questions because magic is not superstition and that's like the first thing that i think that people are so surprised at that you have to let go of your superstitious beliefs in order to have any power in magic you almost have to start from scratch unlearn everything and then start over again if you have a bunch of superstition involved in what you do it's like, yeah, it, it's nice that you have that crystal, and yes, it can have some energy, and I love that. But it's not going to do anything. You are right. going to do the thing. <laughs> it's right. you. You are the one. It's not your wand. It's not all of those things. Those are great tools, and I and we have them, but they're not powerful. You are.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that was one of the things of of where the witch source came from is. You know, that, that longing to be a cert, a source of magical empowerment. I love that. And to help people remember that they are the magic.
1: See then you know? so then you're providing a really good service when you do that because I mean that that in and of itself is doing like what I was talking about. It's giving it's diluting some of the the, the garbage. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to disparage people, but they just make it up, which is fine. I mean, it's fine to be creative. Do your thing. You go for right. it. You do you. Right. I'm happy that you're happy. But if you do that and at the same time put yourself out there as being some kind of expert that knows what they're talking about, when you obviously don't, then you've got that other layer of insincerity and dishonesty and all of that other stuff that's not, it's not healthy.
0: Right, and then you have to question the motive. Yes, like why, why, why are you? What's the motive? What are you gaining yes. out of this? You know,
1: right, right. It used to drive Sybil crazy. I I bring her up. I don't know why. She's not like that that big of a deal for me. But it it used to drive her crazy. All of the stuff that was going on in the 60s when the witchcraft was just kind of coming into into the public zeitgeist. And she'd be like, oh, that's not how it is. (laughs) We don't do that. She was yes. she and she and Anton LeBay were always going head to head. She's like, he's a charlatan, doesn't know what he's talking about. He,
0: <laughs> I mean, there is. There's so much stuff out there. And and you know, now that I've got the shop open, I've got people coming in and it they ask sometimes shocking questions. And I'm like, where did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one on me. I haven't heard that one yet. Well, I'll tell you
1: the amount of time I've used moon water. Zero. Not that you can't. I love it. It's fabulous. You do it. But it's never, ever once been part of anything that I've learned in my whole life until I was on youtube and had 72 people ask me about moon water in about three weeks and i'm like okay this is a thing now i guess right and you know the sage is sage sticks smudging that came from the 80s right the 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 new agers co-opted certain native american practices of burning sacred sage to bless and purify a space and then they they pasted over an old-timey name from the 18th century called smudging, which is what they used to do in order to rid a home of pests. They would, th- they would literally burn things in the home so that there was so much smoke that everything would go away. And that was smudging. It wasn't spiritual necessarily. But so now everybody thinks I'm doing this ancient Native American ritual called smudging. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're doing a New Age thing. That, that is that is based somewhat on a Native American practice, which you don't understand because you're not part of that tribe. So there are other ways to do this. And there's nothing wrong with saging. You go ahead. I, sage does work beautifully, but it's not the one and only way to purify a space.
0: Right. And I, I think I think that's part of it too. And and what I love about the variety of um, magical information that you're putting out there. Because you help people understand that there is no end-all be-all. No. It's like everybody's searching for the right way or, you know, what's the only way? What's the, um, and, and it's what works for you, you know? You have
1: to train your mind. You have to train your energy centers. You have to actually train, just like a musician has to train. You can have natural talent in music, but if you don't train, if you don't have any technique, it's limited to what you can do. Just like me fixing that car. It's just like I couldn't do it again because I didn't know what I did. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. But it, it, any art, and magic is an art, any yes. art requires practice. It requires training. It requires discipline, and it requires editing. Yes. Everything that is worthwhile, any kind of art, is highly edited and that's why when when i teach a course in one thing i always say you know for this course just do this course once you're done with this course do something else but just commit yourself to just slimming down and just doing this one practice for six weeks or eight weeks or 18 weeks or whatever it is just do this and The only reason I say that is not because I want you to give up your favorite thing. And you can go back to your favorite thing later. It's just so that you can have some success.
0: And the experience of doing it that way.
1: Yes. You can actually build up some musculature. I mean, like uh, in, um, I was a a composer, you know, in another life. (laughs) And my composition teacher in college used to give me Very restrictive assignments would say, you know, you you can only use these five notes. You can only use this rhythm. You can only do this. You can only do that. And at first I thought, no, I want to do everything. And he's like, no, that's not the assignment. You can't do everything. And you even see that like on Project Runway where they say, okay, now you, you need to do a designers you're going to design for this and it's got to be within these parameters. And when you do that for yourself, you really build some strength. You really build some ability, some skill, some technique, and you can really break through in your power. And so I think that there's a lot of, um, a lot of people that are looking for what tool should I use? What candle should I use? What oil should I use? What this, what that, those things are fine. But unless you have some sort of focused mental process and, and, and strength um, it's really not going to help so much. It's just going to maybe be um, a placebo at best.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I totally agree with you and you know, and I think that's a good thing uh, to put out there and let people know of like, if you are following some of these uh, kind of crazy things that people are putting out there right now about the craft, and if that's something that you choose to believe about it, try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if, if that's, if that's if they- the belief that you want to work within, try it. See how it works for you. And if it doesn't.
1: Yeah. And if you get, but if you get real results, if you can say, no, I did this because I wanted that and I got that, then, Hey, you found something that really works for you, but even if that's true there's a better way of finding those things that work for you than throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks it, there's it's it, there's a, there's a much more efficient way of going and it doesn't have to be with my way there's all kinds of great ways out there you can just even Scott Cunningham's um the that that beginning book that he did for the uh, uh, solitary practitioner it's a it's a wonderful study he he was very and the thing is about Scott is people don't realize that he really wasn't Wiccan. He was an actual witch. He was actually like from a tradition and he had training and he was really a real deal. He wasn't just some sort of new age author that sort of, found a, found his way, stumbled his way upon, you know, publishing, publishing, like so many people did after him. So many people that wrote these books and that set themselves up as experts had no background, no training, no nothing. They just made it step up. That's not Scott. He was a real witch. He really knew what he was talking about. But when you get with a publisher like that, they require you to write for their audience which is why I told him, I said, I'm never going to do what you do because I don't want to be in that position that you're in. I don't want to do that. So uh, I don't want to be famous one and B I don't, I don't want to be told what I can write and what I can't write because I, I, that's not the craft for me. The craft is the craft. I'm not going to, the craft isn't what sells. The craft is what the craft is.
0: Right. Right. True. So true. Well, a lot of
1: people are missing a lot of people. I don't even know who he is anymore. I think he's kind of like gotten put put on the back burner with a lot of people. But he's a he's a good resource, Uh, even though I know a lot of his stuff is pretty fluffy because of Llewellyn. He really is a good resources
0: resource. I I like to use um, a lot of his material, too, for a good resource, especially the um, like the the correspondences and the uh, the herbal information like that. Yes, um, all of you that know, is valuable where he
1: he was also very, very well um trained in magical perfumery, and he didn't really write too much about that. I think he did an essential oils book, but that's where when when we would ever it wasn't like we were best friends or anything like that, but we did know each other. we were friendly we we did get together, and whenever we talked, we would mostly what we would end up talking about is perfumes and essential oils and things like that and swapping formulas and stuff. <laughs>
0: that's, cool. that's awesome! Yeah, yeah that's super cool yeah and i think so many people now they're either unfamiliar with him or for whatever reason he gets a pretty bad rap um
1: that's unfortunate but you know what that's what happens when you go out and put yourself out there as a Llewellyn author you know don craig was good though because he was able to he was able to i think it was because it was ceremonial golden dawn magic he was able to sort of rein in the the uh the editors from him and say no this is the way it is it's got to be this way because of what it is so right. he was he was pretty uh lucky but he's another one if you're if you want to study you know ceremonial magic if you could do a lot worse than studying don donald michael don craig donald michael craig you could you could do a lot worse than studying with him he was wonderful He was wonderful. And you know, he was, he was one of his, he was, uh, he and Scott Cunningham were pretty close geographically too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We all kind of, Southern California was sort of like a hotbed for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So two last question. This was my, this was my favorite question to ask. Was there or is there um, that you're willing to share a moment in your life um, where you just knew without a doubt that magic worked, magic was real, and nobody would ever be able to convince you otherwise?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, there's been several and they were all like that, that time with the car. It was so crazy how that worked that everybody in the car was like, (gasps) like they looked at me like I was some, there was something wrong with me. There was some crazy thing with me. So I remember that was thinking that. And, um, Oh, let's see as an, more as an adult, I think probably the first time a spell worked, you know, when, and especially when it worked, I, I don't remember what it was. What was it? because it was sort of weird how it happened. I remember there was,
0: oh,
1: well, this isn't, this isn't the thing, but here's another example. What I, I was in a business with some, some people, but they were all, they were craft people. It was an occult store actually. So we were all in business together and we needed money really bad for a bill that, that was coming up. And I, uh, I said, "Well, let's do the money spell, but but let's do a tithe. Let's like take ten percent of what we need and tithe it somewhere because I know that that really really gets things working." And we and they all agreed, and so we did it. We sent out our tithe. We did our little group spell, and it was really a matter of days, if, if I remember correctly, we got a an insurance settlement for water damage for our place that we didn't incur. There was no water damage. And, and we kept telling them, we don't get this isn't for us because we didn't have water damage. And they said, no, all tenants get this because the water damage happened in the in the place. So we all get everybody gets a part of it. It's like a class action, something or other. And it was to like almost to the penny, 10 times what we tithed.
0: Wow! Right,
1: so it was an exact number. So I, I remember, th- I, I didn't need to be convinced that magic worked, but I remember going, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome.
1: Did you have a had a, t- have a time when you knew?
0: Oh, you're the last ever asked me that. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I'm like you. I've got like so many and several. They just kind of happen all the time. Yeah. Um, I would say. The, um, the biggest one I, um, gosh, there's, there's so many, like there was a time where I was shown, um, well, that would be more of like a spiritual gift, but I was shown like a vision of, um, what was going to happen. And then like it all happened exactly. Um, and, and that was pretty cool. Um, but I would say one of the most, one of the most recent, um, I did a spell and I asked for exactly $5,000. Um, and I don't know why I asked for $5,000. It was, I can't, I can't remember what exactly I needed it for. or wanted it for, but I just had this, like, uh, I don't know, like it was just weighing on me. Like I need this. i and, and I need to do this spell work for this $5,000. So I did it. And, um, it, it happened in like this, the coolest, most unexpected way. Um, so I had, uh, gone out on, on, uh, disability and, um, anyway, and I had gone like part-time for a while before that or whatever. And then like months later, right after uh, I had done this spell work, I get a phone call from this insurance company and, um, they're like, uh, we're uh, settling up with you. We went back, you know, from the time that you were working part time um, until you know you had your um, settled, and so uh, we're going to be uh, direct depositing into your account five thousand such and such 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 amount, and it was like <laughs> five thousand and ten dollars and thirty five cents or something, and. I just remember being like speechless. Like
1: <laughs> the, the the craft seems to love to work through insurance companies. <laughs>
0: apparently, yes. yes. Maybe there's a reason for that. But yeah. I love and it. I, and like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I had no idea that, that they were going to do that. I had no idea that it was even a possibility. <laughs> I love you
1: know?
0: that. And I didn't know if to laugh or cry. I was just.
1: <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. love that. I I love it when that happens.
0: This is so insane. And I was just like, thank you. You know, thank you. This is, yeah, it was so cool uh, how it happened. But
1: My my first teacher, because I I wanted to be in a relationship, and she said, why don't you do a perfect mate spell? So I said, how do I do that? So she gave me this whole thing. It's this big, long thing. And, And part of it was I had to come up with something I would say to the person and that if they repeated something back to me, in a specific way, and it couldn't be super obvious. It had to be a little bit specific so that it, that, it, you know, it wasn't like, how are you? I'm fine. It couldn't be like that. It had right. to be something more, more unusual. Then I would know that they were my perfect mate. And she goes, and this may not that you may not get them right away. It may maybe years before they show up, but it will work. Well, with my person that I've been with probably for the last, I think we've been together for 21 years now, when we were first together, I accidentally said the thing i wasn't i had forgotten about the spell i figured out that one didn't work and i said the thing and he said the thing back and i said what did you say and he told me and i'm like oh my god (laughs) it was verbatim so and i never told him you know about that because he's not he's not witchy at all so he he Calls what I do my church stuff. He he he's like <laughs> loves to stay out of it, and that's a good thing. I'm fine with that. I don't I don't need my my partner involved. But um, but it was it was pretty amazing.
0: That that's pretty awesome. That's yeah. really awesome. Especially yeah. I love it when you like totally forget about it and then it happens.
1: That's usually when it's the most powerful. I think.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Okay, and so uh, my last question. Um, if you could recommend and had to pick just three books to tell somebody, these are the ones that I would recommend for the craft
1: to that just to learn, them. to learn, like if, if you wanted to learn magic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. Good question. Probably mastering witchcraft by Paul Husson. And a lot of people go, Oh, he's a Satanist. No, he's not. He's a traditional witch there's a lot of hexing. There's a lot of cursing. I know, but the reason he teaches that is to to teach technique, not necessarily to teach you how to curse people. In fact, if you read the book, he says you probably don't want to do this <laughs> unless you want to have the repercussions of it. But this is how it works. And so, I, I recommend Paul Husson's Mastering Witchcraft. I think that it's still. I think it came out in 1970, and it's still one of the best manuals for 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 witchcraft around. Um, I think for um, what else to study? Magic, actually, to study magic. A lot of what I teach isn't in books, so that's the problem. And so, but I do, you know, Dion Fortune's fiction is amazing. She put all of the really good stuff in the fiction. Her nonfiction is good but there's always this sort of like layer of secrecy because of the oaths and stuff like that. So, but for, with her fiction, she didn't bother with the secrecy. She just blurted it right out. So you'll, you'll find so much good stuff in her fiction. I would recommend her fiction quite a lot. Um, what else for magic for magic? Well, mm, I, um, I like Magic and Theory and Practice by Alistair Crowley. It's a little bit of a tough read for a lot of for a lot of people, but it's worth the effort. And just not necessarily because you want to do everything he says, but that you can kind of understand a lot of the the magical theory. And it's worth just kind of trudging through that book just to understand things a little better. People have a real big misconception about him. He was a prude when it came to black magic. He hated it. He hated black magic, and all everybody thinks that he was like this satanist and black magician, but he wouldn't associate with people that did what he thought would be black magic. So he he really was very spiritually oriented he just was his own brand of spiritual you know <laughs> um and i'm not I, i'm not a thelemite you know necessarily i'm not i'm not a a cruelly person but that's a, gr- a great book a great great book to read for anybody another one of his that's really good and a lot easier to read is called magic without tears and the mm-hmm. problem with that book the, the cool thing about magic in theory and practice it, is it was pre thelema so it was before all of his sort of religion that he started magic without tears has a lot of thelema in it which is still interesting but if that's not what you're interested in it might be you know a lot of page turning but the cool thing about magic without tears is it's a series of letters of questions that somebody's asking him and he's answering it and he has to do it in such a way that he speaks very simply and clearly because this person isn't necessarily understanding him in at his most esoteric so it's it's crowley in a very lucid state you really get everything from him kind of explained very simply without a lot of the flowery stuff that he tended to use so it's another crowley book i like i'm not it's funny that i'm giving you two crowley books it's not like my very favorite author but but i do like crowley
0: cool Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, oh,
1: and and magic and uh, magical herbalism and uh, the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. Love both of those books a lot. He's he's amazing. He's a wonderful author.
0: Awesome. I know yes. I gave
1: you six books. No, <laughs> I great. to. <laughs> uh, you know,
0: I could yep. I could keep going if you could because I I think the books are great and I think. I think they're um, a good, a really good, actually, I think they're a wonderful, great resource that kind of isn't thought out much anymore. Um,
1: I think a lot of people would do well to read fairy tales, to read fiction and things that, that are very with a lot of imagery, because what that does, people do things like visualization exercises and I just fall asleep out of boredom doing visualization exercises. But if I if I read a fairy tale or I listen to a fairy tale, I've got all my imagination is being exercised. And the more you do that, the better, not only for your visualization skills, but with fairy tales. I have a saying, a fairy tale a day keeps the magic in play. And what that mm-hmm. means is there's so much wisdom in those, especially the really old ones, like Grimm and Before, grim fairy tales and, and even the older ones where you really learn about how fairies work how magic works there's so much symbolism in there and also just like with life you, you there's there's more in fairy tales than in almost any holy book as far as to teach you how to how to live your life and how to get through problems and all of those things. And I, I think that it's a shame that what we've done to fairy tales, we've turned them into a joke. Yes. And and they are a piece of sacred literature that's part of the... Um, I don't know, just part of the, the collective unconscious mind of, the, of, of, of humanity. And all cultures have them. It's not just the ones from, from Europe. All cultures have fairy tales. And I think if we were really smart and if we really wanted to understand magic, we would spend more time researching those those things. Those are very, very important things to to have in our minds.
0: Well, yeah. And, and especially when you think about like that was a, a way of passing down all that knowledge and information in a way that could be easily remembered and recited yes. over and over and over again
1: it, 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 it goes straight back to the bardic tradition yeah and a lot of those a lot of those tales are, are fragments of old um some of them are fragments of old mythology of old actual mythology and um, but those that aren't necessarily part of mythology they are still stories about Magic. There's stories about another world, and I I don't know. People would much rather read about you know, correspondences or something like that. I, I those are smart. I I agree with them. I mean, that's you have to have that. Right. But if you put more of your time into just like expanding your mind and and massaging your imagination and allowing yourself to understand magic from from that point of view, I think you would probably be a lot more powerful than learning another candle spell
0: agree with you and that's that's very much how how i work magic and i know everybody kind of has their own way and and form of doing things but i don't think that there is any um magic or spell work that i do that doesn't incorporate some kind of uh visualization in it because it's just such a a powerful thing for me that gets results so why would i not use it in everything
1: yes i agree I agree. And everybody visualizes in a different way. Some people say, I can't visualize. I'm like, well, that's why you should be listening to fairy tales, because whatever that is, that experience that you're having while you're in the fairy tale, that's how you visualize.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. You know, and um <coughs> especially audiobooks. I think the audiobooks are great to listen to where you can, you know, close your eyes and fully immerse yourself into that world nothing better figures in there you know in your mind and all the colors and the layers and um,
1: yeah there's nothing better. I'm putting more and more fairy tales up they're not the most popular part of my channel but I just think it's a service you know to have more fairy tales that you can just listen to
0: yes yeah, I enjoyed- really
1: and and they're really old ones
0: <laughs> yes I've enjoyed them and and I like that you even um you add in like that Theatrical touch to it by doing some of the voices,
1: and I've started doing a little analysis after them too, which I think is good.
0: Yes, yes, but I I have really enjoyed those so far. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I I have, and I, I did enjoy the um the fairy magic courses. Of
1: course. Oh, good. I'm so glad you loved it. Oh, good.
0: Yes, yes. Nice. I did. Absolutely did, and. I just, I can't wait till my kid gets to the point where, you know, she starts asking questions and we get to play more and yes you know, all of that stuff.
1: Yes. I was yeah. always hoping, cause I never had kids. I mean, my, my kid is Ariel's corner, but, um, but I, I do have a lot lots of nieces and nephews and I was always wondering, I wonder if any of them are ever going to, you know, like come to me or figure it out or I'm going to see yeah. something in them. And so far, no. <laughs> nope not really <laughs> not, not really they they are um they're wonderful but they just don't seem inclined that way so i don't push that
0: <laughs> yeah i hope my kid just does all about it i mean we have so much fun just playing anyway like well she, her favorite thing is to dress up as a witch and oh, make good that's a good a sign mm-hmm. and we get our brooms out and we we ride around the house on our brooms and yeah, we're crazy. I, I, I
1: wanted to be a witch when I was, I think I was five, and so my grandmother got a witch costume and she'd got the putty nose and the warts and everything. And I looked in the mirror and I started crying and she said, what? And I said, I didn't want to look like that. (laughs) So (laughs) they had to take all the putty off. All I wanted was the, was the cape and the hat and the broom. You know, I wanted to be me. And so that then, then once they took all the putty and stuff off, I was happy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she likes to dress up in, in the really pretty, almost frilly witchy outfits. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I love
1: that. I love that.
0: Yeah, she's got to have a tutu with everything she does. Though. I love that. Yeah. Good for she's her. She's got her tutu and her witch hat, and she's got a little cauldron and her broom. Oh, that's adorable. Also- I love that. I know. It's precious. I got to get some more pictures of, of her playing like that to to have, but... Yeah, so I can remind her when she gets older. They grow up so fast. Well, we're about out of time, which makes me sad because I could talk Aww. to you forever.
1: Well, hopefully um, I said something that's worthwhile and it's not just like, oh God, who's this?
0: <laughs> well, I, I think you're fabulous. And you. uh, I, could, I could sit and talk to you uh, and listen to you all day because I, I love listening to your voice and your meditations too. Oh,
1: you know, I have a brand new meditation I just recorded for the Fool card in the tarot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So th- so for that, it's going to be released sometime this weekend.
0: Awesome. On, on YouTube. Well, thank you. Okay. So uh, tell uh, the audience where they can find out more about you, Ariel.
1: Okay. My website is Corner.com. That's ariels-corner.com. corner Ariels-corner with a hyphen.com. And it's got pretty much everything. It's got all my courses. It's got all my I have little booklets, little free booklets that are sort of like mini courses. Um, It's got all my meditations. It's got all of my lectures. So, uh, and I've, I've got so much stuff on there and it's all free. I don't charge a dime for anything and never have never will. And um, so there's that. And then if you are interested in you know hanging out with us on our facebook group or our discord server you can see the there's little links for that in the footer of each of the page each page of the website plus you can sign up for emails and all that stuff so it's a it's a fun easy community the cool thing about doing stuff at ariel's corner is you're not locked in you can do whatever you want you know you don't there's no there's nothing to join there's nothing to right. pay for. <laughs> so it's just take what you want no, and, like, and go on your way. <laughs>
0: exactly. And there's no prerequisite either.
1: No, there's none. The the only thing is the 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 witchcraft trilogy, what I call non non-denom- non-denominational witchcraft, I do recommend that you do those three courses in order. So you do the witches primer first, uh Beyond the Basics is like the intermediate course second. And then there's a, an advanced course called Advancing Your Craft. And that's the last one. So um, I that's the only thing that I say, try to do those in order. But otherwise, all those other courses, just take what you want.
0: Yeah. And you do list all those recommendations in each each one when you get to it. So yes. if, if somebody stumbles upon one and they're like, oh, well, is this the right one? You tell them, you know we recommend you take this one first. So yes, yeah, all that's out there. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I, I think your work is wonderful. I hope that everybody will go uh, check it out. Um, definitely check out the website and it will give you all the links to all the social media places. And oh. of course, don't forget to check out the where you can find out more about the podcast and, my Facebook page and YouTube channel and all the good stuff going on there. Um would love for you to come over and do a little bit of shopping. If you're looking for magical supplies, um, it does help out. So until next time, everybody, thank you for being here. And Ariel, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for doing all this wonderful work. This is a great, great thing that you're doing.
0: You as well. Thank you so much.
1: Blessed right, be. Until next
0: time. Stay magical.